0: Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Linda Yael Schiller, and we'll be talking about her new book, Modern Dreamwork, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. Modern Dreamwork is a hands-on guide to interpreting your dreams so you can work through difficult issues with, with the wisest parts of your soul. A few of the techniques we'll be talking about on today's show, one of them is called the Integrated Embodied Approach that incorporates physical sensations, images, associations, and emotions for rich, holistic interpretations. Then there's the Pardes method, focusing on multiple layers of meaning so you can untangle complex and confusing dreams. And then finally, we'll be talking about the Guided Active Imagination approach, which works with Jungian psychology, creating safety and support when working with frightening dreams and nightmares. Linda Yael. Schiller is a psychotherapist, consultant, supervisor and trainer in Watertown, Massachusetts. She integrates traditional therapeutic styles and techniques with expressive energy psychology and body-based modalities. For more information about Linda, you can visit her website, which is Linda com, and it's Linda then Y A E L S C H I L L E R dot com. Or you can find out more about the book by visiting moderndreamwork.com. Okay, with that I'd like to welcome Linda to the show. Good day, Linda
1: hi good good evening I think we say now <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right yes we did we did switch over uh, while we we're talking so yes, I am really happy to have you with with me today. I love uh talking dreams and um yeah, I'm looking forward to um expanding our understanding of them so um i, I guess the the first Thing to start with is um, for you um, what when was it that uh, you kind of um, recognized the importance of and it's kind of started focusing on dreams?
1: so I had always paid attention even as a child and as a young adult to Sort of spiritual, uh, the spiritual side of life. But I didn't really pay that much attention in, to dream work until I was in my late 20s when a friend of mine invited me to participate in a dream circle. And somehow, organically, my response to her was, yes. And then, what's a dream circle? Um somehow I knew that this was something I had to say yes to, even before I actually knew what it was. And then she went on to explain that what it is, is a group of people who get together for the intent and purpose of working on and exploring and understanding their dream life. Um, and that captured my imagination. And I've been off and running with it ever since. And that's, uh, well, between 35 and 40 years ago now. <laughs>
0: You didn't have to get specific. You could to say decades. <laughs> I plan to talk a little bit later about your decades <laughs> worth of experience that you have. In it. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things I found really interesting in the very beginning of your book, you talk about you have a, a story about um, that you dreamed your daughter home. Um, would you mind sharing that story? Because I think it's um, a wonderful um, example of how one can use dreams um, to make decisions.
1: Sure, thank you. And, and clearly, you've you, you've you've read the book because you can you can quote chapter and verse. Um, <laughs> so one of one of the things that dreams is re, dreaming and dream work is really useful for is to help us solve a problem, um, jumpstart a creative block, uh, figure anything else, figure anything out that we're not sure of in our waking life. And it can be used for large or small decisions. So there's, there's two ways we can use dream work to figure out and to understand ourselves better. One is before, well, actually there are three, sort of before, during, and after a dream. So the most common thing that people think about, and I am answering your question. I'm just getting there in a roundabout way so I can contextualize it. (laughs) That's Um, perfect.
0: That's
1: all right. Okay. The most common way is like after you have a dream to then say, wow, I had this dream. It was strange. It was weird. It was beautiful. It was scary, whatever it was. And then you work on it or you talk about it with other people. So that's probably the most common way of doing dream work. The other two ways before and during During a dream, there's a whole other concept of dream work called lucid dreaming, which means being aware of yourself as dreaming while you're dreaming, which is sort of like being awake in your sleep. And the third method is dream incubation. And that's what I used to bring my daughter home. So dream incubation means that you have an issue, a dilemma, a problem you want to solve, something you want answers to. And before you go to sleep at night, you spend some time writing about this issue or dilemma and in your dream journal. You end with a question. And then when you wake, hopefully, and have a dream, the dream will be related to the question that you have. I always encourage people to be as specific as possible with their question if if they can and if they want to because the more specific you are with the question you're trying to answer, the higher the likelihood that your dream will be clear to you right away as opposed to need to really spend time figuring it out Um, or have to ask for subsequent dreams to say, well, this was a great dream, but I didn't get how it answered my question. Can you be more clear? Yeah. So you know, that's it, sort of
0: the background of the story. I was going of... you know, to say regarding that. In, no, that's fine. Regarding that in, intentional dreaming, um, you know, and you said that you kind of need sp- to be specific. Um, you know, in in kind of um, laying it out. Um, now, one of the, there were there are a couple things, um, a couple uh, questions that, uh, I think you indicated in the book, well, you did <laughs> because of the book. Um, one of them would be like an example a good example would be um what would help me with this problem um or the which way should I go <laughs> you know kind of in, in my life that decision making so um is it um n- not only important to kind of be specific as to the topic um but also to um have it phrased in a way um that elicits something helpful, you know, to to um, accomplish that particular, you know, to answer that particular question.
1: Well, I guess how you phrase your question depends on what you want, what kind of information you're looking for. Um, if you're saying, wow, I just got this job offer, and I'm really on mm-hmm. the fence about whether I should take it or not, You know, there are pros and cons, and I just can't make up my mind. You can ask for a dream saying, what's in my highest good and best interest? Should I take the job or not? That's kind of clear cut. And then you get a dream. But it could be something much less definitive or clear that you're struggling with. You could say, Mm -hmm. for example, you could say, I have uh, been struggling with anxiety for the last, 20 years, and I'm kind of at my wits end, what What should I be doing about this anxiety? So that's quite less specific than should I take this job or not.
0: Um, right. Okay. So
1: it okay. depends well, that's on what yeah. kind of answers you're looking for, how general or how specific you would phrase your, your dream incubation question. D- did I answer your question?
0: Okay. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you okay. did, because because um, I've, um, you know, practiced that um, and it's it's funny that um but most of the time I end up kind of doing a you know kind of just show me what I need to see <laughs> because there are just so many different areas you know that I would kind of like to have some answers to that um sometimes it's hard to narrow it down you know to a particular topic, so so anyway, um, a lot of times I just kind of go for the. <laughs> You have a caveat. You you know what I should know. You know what I should uh, be thinking about. So I wanted you to give sure. me a clue. And uh, yeah.
1: You you can either you know you can absolutely do the forest or the tree, right? You can do a broad mm-hmm. a broad paintbrush or a specific you know dot of color, um, depending on what you're looking for. So that's absolutely valid. I'm dissatisfied in my life right now. What do I need to see to help me get on a better track? I mean, that could be a legitimate dream incubation question, too. Yeah. Okay,
0: great. Uh, now, for, I want to talk a little bit about dreams, and then we'll get into the to your book. Um, did, with, did
1: you want me with, to share that story, or, or or should we move on?
0: Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead and share that, yes.
1: That's yes. okay, because I, I, I got sorry. there in a roundabout way because – one of the things yeah. that we do with dreams, we have to put them in a context so we understand them in the context of our life. Right. So I had to explain what I was doing, um, you know, in the context. So briefly, um, my husband and I were in the process of adopting a, a child, and we had gotten a referral uh, from China, and we had gotten the ref- what's called in adoption language the referral. And we had hoped to get a baby that was really very young who would have spent, you know, as little time as possible in the orphanage. And we got a referral from our agency, and the, the baby was a little bit older than we had expected. And so we were like, oh, is this the right child for us or not? I don't know. And so I asked the, the orphanage director, hey, um, you know, we, we, this isn't exactly what we were expecting, but I said, can I go home and dream on this and tell you tomorrow? <laughs> And I'm sort of shortening the story now because there are other parts, but she said yes. So I went home, and that night I wrote in my dream journal. I was really, really specific because there was a lot at stake. And I think I wrote something like, is this baby our daughter or is this our child, something really like clear.
0: So I mm-hmm. woke up a few times in the
1: night, no dream, and finally in the morning I wake up and I have a dream, and the answer became really, really clear to me. And in just a minute I'll tell you the dream but you needed some background information so it'll be as clear to you as it was to me because dreams come in symbolism. And ideally, mm-hmm. if we're clear enough with our question, our symbolism is clear enough so that we don't have to spend too much time decoding it, and that's what happens here. <laughs>
0: right, right. So
1: the background is um, when uh, we had had an anniversary a year before, two years before, my mother-in-law had given us a garden shed to store our gardening tools. And when the guy came to put it in, he said, oh, it doesn't fit under your deck, but I can just dig down and put in a foundation underneath, and then the shed will fit just fine. And that's what he did, and so we got our gardening shed. So that's the background for the dream. Now here's the dream. So if you remember, what I'm asking is, is this child, our daughter, she's a little older than we had expected or thought um, she would be. So the dream was, we're putting in a gardening shed. It's a little bit bigger than expected, but it fits just fine. And with that dream, it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's a yes. (laughs) It was crystal clear. And then she now, today, is 23 and a senior in college.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, you know, It's you know you've been working with dreams for a long time so you know recognizing that answer you know rather uh, I'm sure rather definitively you know for you um, was um, I mean it would be um, it's because of the your experience with with kind of dream interpret for some people that symbolism might might have eluded them. So mm, what can good you, point. one of the things, yeah, well, and what, see, one of the things too, you talk about in your book, which I um, really liked is that you really um, stress many times that it's really that the, the meaning of the dream is for the dreamer, <laughs> you know, that it's really the dreamer's um, um, aspect. And, and so, um, you know, and, you know, sometimes symbolism can, can be a, a real bear, you know, to work yep. through. Um, so um, what, what, what is your, do you have an opinion on maybe why um, symbolism is a, a choice of um, messaging? Sure. Or well, why he... there's
1: a whole bunch of different ways mm-hmm. to answer the question. I'll, I'll just sort of throw out a few things. One is that the the true meaning of any dream is that which resonates with the dreamer, him or herself. Mm -hmm. And this is a a principle that is one of the guiding principles of um, IASD, which is the International Association for the Study of Dreams, a wonderful organization that all are welcome to join, all interested dreamers are welcome to join if you want to look up IASD.org. But that's one of the guiding principles, that we are not here, I am not here to interpret your dream. I'm here to help Mm -hmm. you find your meaning of your dream, and all dreams are going to be personal and idiosyncratic to the dreamer. So part of why I had to give you the background story and the context is because we have to contextualize the dream and the symbols of the dream in the life of the dreamer. So if you didn't know anything about me or that I had a gardening shed or that you know, anything about that, that was an actual true thing in my life, you would have been like, well, I don't really know what this means. And we'd have to spend much more time figuring it out. But because right. I'd been doing this work, I I recognized where the, this is an important part of a dream, the emotional resonance was. Because in my question, if you remember, that she, she was a little older than we had expected and a little bit bigger, right? So the dream mm-hmm. was, Something that was a little bigger than we expected fit just fine, and that's sort of the punchline, if you will, of the dream. So the gardening was irrelevant; it was more the vehicle for getting, okay, she's a year old rather than six months old, but this is our baby; she'll fit just fine.
0: So that's how I came to be. Yeah, you know, and and I guess the the key is um, you know in in getting messages and let's say in whoever is sending the message, the sender of the message um, needs to use what life circumstances are currently occurring to be able to get the message through. So I guess, you know, that may be uh, through symbology that it becomes easier to be able to at least, (laughs) you know, have the message delivered, whether it's received or not. That's a a different story, but but at least delivered.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we get dreams that are just, you know, what you see is what you get. You know, I had pizza Mm -hmm. for dinner last night. I dreamt about eating pizza in my sleep. There you go. But that's just one layer of the dream. But in uh-huh. order to bring things up that we almost but don't quite know, which is why we, we do depth mm-hmm. work anyway, is to bring up to the surface things that are, 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 are unconscious or pre-conscious into our conscious mind so we can work with them and have choices. Mm-hmm. It's easier for our, our body-mind to bring us a symbol because then our conscious waking mind doesn't challenge it as much, I think. Uh
0: huh. Okay.
1: Yeah. Rather Resistance to, is down. Like, no, no, it's not that. It comes in, <laughs> in sort of like a poetic language.
0: The
1: right. um, so dreams come from the part of the brain, this is more uh, right brain and more limbic system, where we have this emotional resonance and we have these images. And the, they're created in the part of the brain that deals with imagery.
0: Yeah, yeah. and sometimes they use puns, puns, and and, um, and humor too, uh, kind of yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite puns. Uh, puns and plays on words and things like that.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's fun. Now, as a as a psychotherapist. Um, you know and you've you've included dreams as one of the tools in, in your your tool chest um what are the well let me, I should, let me go back one before that Every, does everybody dream, and you know a lot of people maybe if everyone does, a lot of people seem not to be able to remember them. so can you tell us about mm-hmm. the just our ability to and, and you know maybe what actually happens maybe in that process
1: Sure. So A lot of people say, I don't dream, but what is actually true is they're just not remembering their dreams because we all dream every night. We have what are called REM cycles, and R-E-M, REM, stands for rapid eye movement. So When we sleep, we go in and out of four different waves of sleeping, and one of those waves of deep sleep is called REM sleep, and it's during the REM sleep that we have most of our dreams. So we only remember the dreams that we have if we wake up right after a REM cycle. So if we mm. need to set an alarm or, or we are startled awake or even just we we're used to getting up at a certain time, we may not be waking right after the REM cycle, in which case we don't remember the dream. We had them, okay. and we all have, depending on how many hours of sleep a night you get, we have between five and seven of these REM cycles. So that theoretically means we have five to seven dreams every night. Um, some of wow. you very strong dreamers actually remember that many. Most of us, we're lucky if we can catch one because there's so many reasons. You know, we jump out of bed, and we're rushing to our day, and it's like, up, oh, dream gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah. Um, so now... Uh, Okay, so, and we're going to talk a little bit later in in the show about, you know, some ideas on how to better retain um, dreams. So, now, the fact that we all do have the dreams during these um, REM cycles, um, what is the benefit of... of dream, of of dreams. Now, I mean, you know, you you used it in your, again, like I said, one of your tools in your tool chest as far as being able to work with with uh, clients um, mm-hmm. through their dreams. So, what what are the benefits of of the dream of dream work? You know, why? Well, I mean, do, do we really need it to uncover those, or is it just more important that we have those cycles occurring? Mm. Well,
1: you know. There are many things that we need to well, – dreams, dreams help us with information processing. There's so much that we take in all day long and at night, and we don't necessarily digest it all. So one of the functions, if you will, is to help process information, help process um, technical information help process emotional information help process physical information and there are sort of countless stories of, of inventors and musicians and, and writers who who dreamt their discovery or their composition and they wake up in the morning and, and there it is they, they dreamt it in the night um, so it provides wow. wisdom and information and beauty to, to our world um, and Also, dream work is really good preventative medicine because if we have things that we're struggling with and we don't have an outlet for expressing them or dealing with them, they can back up on us. And I'm sure most of the listeners have heard of the term psychosomatic illnesses. At some level, most of, or many, not about most, but many of our illnesses have some emotional component to them. Um, viruses and germs you know. notwithstanding there are some people whose immune systems are stronger and some people whose immune systems are weaker in the face of the same virus or germ um, but there are also places where if we are struggling with upset or toxic relationships or a history of trauma of some sort and we aren't processing it, they'll stay in our body and we'll start to get at some point physical symptoms um, or potentially could get physical symptoms. So, dream work is one yeah. way well, of sort of cleaning out the system.
0: Yeah. Now, um, I, I was reading in the book about um, some of the um, physical implications of not getting enough REM. So in, in the fact that some of the, you know, leading indicators to um, like insomnia and, and some of the fitful kinds of nice people having, you know, or, or worry, um, you know, anxiety, um, and those stress, those kinds of things contribute to um, uh, maybe impacting negatively the REM. So what is the physical um Implications of not getting enough of that, you know, REM time, mm-hmm. the recuperative time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's you used a really good word just now, Robert. That recuperative time. That's that's exactly one of the great benefits of of, of having a good night's sleep with 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 good dream uh, ability to go into that REM stage. Um, if we don't have sufficient sleep, and this is a modern-day – this is another form of pandemic, really, of people not getting enough sleep, Um, and that's been going Mm -hmm. on really since the invention of electricity, I think, because in the olden days before electricity, you know, people would naturally have cycles where they would go to sleep with the sun and then wake up with the sun. Um, And what was often common as well is that people would have a first sleep and a second sleep, and the first sleep would be somewhere after the sun goes down and you wake up somewhere in the middle of the night. But rather than panicking, people said, oh, this is just a normal part of my my sleep cycle. They'd be up for a little while, and then they'd go back to sleep again. And that was before our circadian rhythms became uh, artificially influenced by the ability to have light whenever we wanted. So we kind of mess up. Sleep cycles That way. And then when you add that to the age of media and computers and smart devices, the ability to turn on and connect with anyone all over the world at any time of the day <laughs> or night makes it even harder to uh, have practice good sleep hygiene. So... As a matter of fact, just literally a couple of hours ago, I, w- I was talking with a client who struggled with insomnia. And among other things, I said to her, and turn off all your devices at least an hour before bedtime to give yourself a transitional time between all those bright lights, having your body-mind system being bombarded by that, and you wanting to sleep. You need a, a transitional time to kind of have a ritual, have a soothing quieting downtime to help you prepare to sleep and perchance to dream then if you can fall asleep well.
0: Okay, well, we're about halfway through the show already, Linda. It's just really zooming by. Okay. So I want to I want to take just a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners if you would like to call in and ask Linda any questions. Uh, you can call in at 619-789-4359. and for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, um, feel free to um, put them in there. Um, and then when we come back, I want to kind of shift. Now that we kind of got it a little uh, a good strong a little foundation. About dreams. When we come back, I want to start talking about your book, okay, and, and all of the, the different types of approaches you use, okay? Great. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website. ByteRadio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide books, photography, a wellness store, and self publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes. Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, and TuneIn, and you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my very special guest is Linda Yael Schiller, and we are talking about her new book, Modern Dreamwork, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. Again, you can find out more about Linda um, on her professional site, which is www.lindayaelschiller.com, and that's linda y a e l s c h i l l e r dot com. You can find out more about the book Modern Dreamwork by visiting the website moderndreamwork.com. <laughs> okay, with that, uh, welcome back, Linda.
1: Thank you. Welcome.
0: Great. Okay, so um, dreams. Now I've I was referred to you by one of our mutual friends, um, J. B. Deboard. You know, and I love his dream books, and uh, he's uh, the Rat Owl on Reddit, and really knows yeah. a lot about dreams. And and I thank him for sending you my way. Um, he has some great books, but you also have one. So. With so many books on dreams out there, why did you decide to put um, modern dream work together?
1: I felt that after many decades of doing dream work with people, Uh and also as a therapist who spent years doing a lot of trauma treatment and working with um, somatic and embodied ways of working, I felt I had some unique contributions to make to the dream work field that were not were not already there. So I have wow. a couple of approaches to dream work that are my own innovative approaches that in- incorporate from many different fields, including classical dream work of many different stripes, Jungian and uh, Gestalt and, mm-hmm. and, and all different kinds of dream work, along with um, energy psychology and a variety of spiritual approaches, so many based from Kabbalah but also many other spiritual traditions as well, and then uh, my experience in trauma treatment. So I, kinda, I felt I had a contribution to make in the world of dreams that incorporated some of these areas that were not traditionally seen in most other books on dreams.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I learned a lot from your book, and you know, one of the the things, one of the challenges I've had when I've been looking at my dreams, or, or when people come to me and ask me to my opinion on theirs, is um the is recognizing the type of dream, um in in the sense of I mean, is this just a pizza dream, <laughs> or is this you know something that would require like one of the types three you know, the types of approaches. Um, that you use, that you outlined in your book. And so I mean, it's wonderful because those different approaches, um, I could easily see where a lot of the dreams that I've talked about um, with others, and even I've had, would fall into those categories. So it's, uh, it's a great way to be able to quickly hone in on um, kind of what's mm. important in that. So but I want to start with there are a couple threads that run through your book. and and they are the concept of home and journey. Um, Yes. So would you mind sharing with us um, your view of those and its importance in your book?
1: Sure. So the original title of my book (laughs) was um, that dreams – Bring Our Soul Back Home, or, or something along that, and, and it was changed uh, by, in the wisdom of the publishers, who said, well, you know, Bringing Your Soul Back Home is a great title, but we've got to be really clear for our readers, so let's go with modern dream work, but then we, we captured the essence in the in the subtitle. So the theme of coming home to ourselves and coming home to our soul is something that I think, is a goal, whether it's articulated or not articulated, for, for most of us to live in, with integrity and with equanimity and peacefulness in the home of our own self. And to be able to feel at home with ourself means we're never lost then. So that's a theme that I've worked with both for myself and with my clients for years and years and years, and I love the story that I use as a thread in the book, which is The Wizard of Oz, which is one of my, you know, it's a an archetypical and, and metaphorical journey of coming back home. And yeah. that's the thread I use through the book that Dorothy's journey can be seen as a form of a waking dream or a sleeping dream or a dreamlike experience. And all along the way... Her main goal is to get back home, and she has to go on this path, on this journey, in in order to gather the tools she needs to to be able to find the wisdom that, as Glinda tells her, was always there inside her um, in order to get back home to Kansas. And one of my favorite parts is when, you know, the scarecrow says to, to Glinda, well, why didn't you just tell Dorothy right in the beginning to click her heels three times? Why did you make her go through this whole long journey? And Glinda says she had to discover it for herself. And so that, for me, is that process of the journey home to ourself and self-discovery that, um Underpins much of my work, both in my work with my clients and specifically um, in doing dream work with people. And throughout our our society, that that whole idea of journeying and and Joseph Campbell's work on the hero's uh, journey, and through all cr- cultures acro- around the world, we hear these themes of of the path and the journey, and what does the concept of home mean uh, for all of us? And I think, it's, I think it's even more relevant now given the sort of the life and times we're living in where so many people feel so lost and disoriented given the upheaval of, at so many levels in the world right now. If we can find a way to feel at home, to touch that home base in ourselves, then we have an anchor? So that we don't feel so lost and disoriented, even when we're dealing with an external world that feels pretty disorienting.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it is a very disorienting for people. And one of the things it is doing is um, raising to awareness, you know, um, in, in people just how they have sculptured their life, you know whether it was like work was was their life, and you know all of a sudden there 's no work or or was it a uh, you know a parent who didn 't appreciate a teacher you <laughs> know what a teacher did you know that there's just um it 's just bringing to the forefront i think um laying bare uh, kind of who we are at at the um most basic level um and and I think a lot of people are surprised, some of the people who are having the most difficulty, I think, are those who didn't realize, you know, just kind of how they had, the, the life that they had created, didn't recognize really the, the facets of that life, you know, once mm. they're gone.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's really yeah. interesting, Robert, because in my work with people, I'm finding... Not everyone's at one extreme or the other, but there are two types of people who are responding to the combination of pandemic and global warming and social unrest and Black Lives Matter and the political scene and just the whole world. One are the people who are are really struggling with all of the above and, and having a really hard time. And then there's a subgroup of people who are home quarantining Who are doing some of the deepest dive into their own souls and their Mm -hmm. psyches and finding a place of this peace and equanimity that they said to me you know when I was so busy before being out at my job and being so busy in my life I didn't have the time or I didn't make the time but now I've got the time and in that quietness of being literally at home they're open to looking more deeply at what's most important to them so it's it's a really interesting dichotomy of how people are are responding um yeah. to, to these times. It, it's,
0: yeah, it's it's just very interesting. I think, you know, reflection is kind of rampant right now. People are, yeah. are very um there's a lot of inward um looking that's going on. Uh now I want to talk just kind of on a high level about the the three different approaches um to dreams that you talk about in your book um but before we talk about individual one of the things is that um that each of the regardless of the the approach one's um religious belief systems or maybe um or not, you know, um, that that Mm -hmm. the the approaches work regardless of one's belief systems. Right. Right.
1: It's not connected with any particular religion or faith at all. Um, If anything, it's sort of a pan. It's more of a spirituality than connected to any religion. And one of the things you had uh, alluded to before was that, you know, is is this a pizza dream or a bigger dream? And one (laughs) of the
0: points
1: in in my book is that all dreams, if we take the time to look at them, have more than one layer that is simultaneously Mm. true. So in my book, I talk about a system called the Pardez system, which is based on a way of reading the Torah, which is the holy book in Judaism, from Kabbalah, with four deepening layers of meaning. There's the, the, the P, which stands for pshat, which means simple. And the R, which stands for the Hebrew word remes, which means hinted at. The D, which stands for the word drosh, which is, comes from the drosh, meaning to chase after. And finally, the S is sewed or the secret layer. So, in these four layers, we can look at any dream from multiple perspectives, depending on how much time we have and how much time we want to spend on it, and find more than one meaning. It's not that it just means this or it just means that. Mm -hmm. There's the storyline of the simple layer. I dreamt I was going to the store to buy a loaf of bread. Right, that's my story. That's the simple layer. And then there's Uh the, the hint of that layer. What are our first associations to the dream okay when i think about going to the store to buy bread what was the first thing i think about okay bread well what's bread to me is bread the staff of life or does bread mean money or does bread mean oh i've been learning how to bake during pandemic times, so it's somehow related to baking so those are our first associations and then if we want to take it further, we look at, okay, what else might the dream be pointing us toward that isn't necessarily embedded in the dream itself? What if we you know, follow different threads of the symbols and of the, of the language? When I was walking to the store, let's look more deeply. What was the street like? What, what was the street mm-hmm. like? Um, was I walking? Was I riding a bike? Does that have any significance? And when I get to the store, hmm, what kind of store was it? Was it a great big supermarket or a little tiny mom and pop store or a bakery? Or did I go to the hardware store thinking I was going to get bread? Well, that would be an interesting thing to think about. So, and then wow, if I went to the hardware store to get bread, what does that mean? So then we let our associations go even further. And in the book, I talk about multiple techniques we can use to find out, well, what are the other layers of, of association in our life? And then the fourth layer that we don't always get to, but it's there at some place, is that transpersonal or spiritual layer where we're dreaming not just for ourselves, but at some level we're dreaming for the world, and we're dreaming with some connection to um, a spiritual source as mm-hmm. well. So those are the four layers that I've articulated, and, and we don't always find them all when we do dream work, and we don't always go in a linear fashion, too. We might jump around, but if we want to take the time to do a deep dive, we will, we will get to these multiple layers
0: wow wow That's, those are very distinctive views of a common experience <laughs> that uh, mm. very, so so the the part is obviously you would you you would be using that one you could use that one with any particular dream or or is it maybe most useful when there are particularly uh like complicated and complex kinds of dreams it
1: can or is it for Even any? Very simple okay. dreams. Um, okay. And it depends on the dreamer what he or she, how far they want to go with the dream. Um, so I invite yeah. people to sort of listen in to their own intuitive sense and to listen in. And this is, goes back also to the integrated embodied approach to listen to their body's response when they have the dream and when they tell the dream and what are the emotions that go along with the dream and what are the physical sensations that go along with the dream. And that emotional story and the physical resonance story will also give us hints and clues about which direction to go in with the material. Yeah,
0: yeah. that integrated embodied approach you know we you talked about the physical sensations <laughs> when i was reading about that the dream my most vivid dream that would fall into that particular um, category was when i had um I'm gonna, talk, I'm gonna tell you real quickly it was gosh probably now eight years ago um but anyway it was um i was at a it was like a mansion, a haunted mansion, and I was in, in the, the the back of it, and it was up against the river. There were kids swinging in the swings, and I go into the building, and there's this huge ballroom, and then as soon as I walk into it, it's like – um seems like – Stuffy with you know spirits anyway. Something grabbed Ow. around my chest. I had its arms around my chest, and it was like holding on for dear life. I mean, it was like clamps <laughs> around my chest, and it was um, It was it was wild, and I mean, the dream. I guess this might be kind of going a little bit in the lucid aspect. I don't really know much about or haven't experienced lucid dreaming much but um it was in that particular i looked down and it was a girl and it was like a spirit of a girl kind of like just clamping on and i if my first reaction was to try to you know push her out get her you know because it was it was like a tight grip you know um mm-hmm. but then after not doing not being successful at that uh, my next thought was well you know maybe just I kind of like open up my heart, you know, and mm. let that be the approach, um, which I did, and and then it, the the grip changed from a like a like a frantic grip to like kind of a loving grip. And anyway, I woke up from that one, and I felt I still felt those arms wrapped around my chest. I mean, it was like. And it wow. took a long time before that sensation subsided. But um, anyway, so when you were talking about integrated embodied approach, it was like, boy, that was exactly one of those. Um,
1: that was very kind of embodied. Was... Can I ask a question, <laughs> Sure, When
0: sure. you
1: woke up from this dream and you still felt mm-hmm. the arms around your chest, was it mm-hmm. the, the gripping vice arms or the loving embrace arms?
0: It was a loving embrace, um, you know. And, wow. um, it, yeah, and it was, and it was, this was, you know, one of those times that I, you know, documented real quickly, you know, kind of you know, the dream because it was just so odd, you know. I mean, there were things like, um, you know, I, you know, the water, there was like I said, there was a river behind this house and I even went up and put my foot into you know, dipped my toes into the water and it was warm water and it didn't make sense that it was a river with warm water. But um there was a dam up I mean it was like was very detailed. Um and, and wow. multiple sensations. You know, that one of being uh of kind of being gripped and then the the warmth of the water. I mean
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so that was one of those literally sensational this, this is what kinds of dreams.
1: Like. A trend, a real what what Jung would call a big dream that this was a transformative hmm. dream for you. Um, we you know we could spend an hour or two on all the different <laughs> pieces of your dream. Uh, oh but yeah.
0: But <laughs> what
1: I what it sounds like you did so impressively and beautifully, Robert, is that you, in the dream, had the good sense and the wherewithal to stop <laughs> fighting the what seemed to be a a, a dangerous spirit or ghost and say, wow, if I open my heart to this, if I open my heart to this thing that I'm afraid of, what will happen? And then what you experience is it became loving. And boy, if that's not a guide for life, if I open my heart to that which I'm afraid of, I'm no longer afraid and it's no longer threatening me. It actually can become a gift. And so you you did that in your dream. It was very impressive.
0: Well, I I mean, that's not my nature. (laughs) Well, obviously, maybe that was not my nature. Well, maybe it is
1: part of your nature that dream came to tell you, Robert. You have these gifts of opening your heart that you didn't even know you were so good at.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, 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 but that was, you know, it, like I say, I mean, it, you know, it's funny how certain when I'm reading certain people's books, you know, certain things trigger, you know, and, and that was the trigger reading about the integrated body approach. Um, gosh, now, um, one of the, also one of the other approaches that you talk about is cleverly acronymed GAIA, which is Guided Active Imagination Approach. So let's talk a little bit about that um, because that one. um, Tell tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure, and I'm I'm also sort of aware that we only have another like little over five minutes left. So the guided the guided active imagination approach, GAIA, I developed specifically to help people with scary dreams and nightmares, and Mm -hmm. it's based in part on Jung's guided excuse me, on Jung's active imagination approach where you start with the dream material and then you allow yourself in the imaginal realm to continue the dream or flesh out the dream or take it farther. And I combined Jung's approach with some really core basic trauma treatment uh, safety protocols because As we know, nightmares can be very scary and very terrifying, and the last thing we want to do in doing dream work with people is re-traumatize them or re-trigger them into fear. So in using this approach, we spend some time really setting up a safety containment field through a series of sort of questions and answers about what do you need to feel safe enough to go into examining this dream before you even go there. So we, we gather mm. all of the resources someone might need to feel safe enough, whether they're real or imaginary people, people or places or animals or spirits or objects or whatever they need to feel safe. And then we start looking at the nightmare with these added resources to help people stay grounded and centered and not fall over the edge into, into fear again so they can take it slowly and carefully with the resources that weren't necessarily there the first time. And that's one of the essence, uh, part of the essence of, of good trauma treatment, too, is, is to have someone become resourced in the present day in a way that they weren't when the original trauma happened mm. in order to help heal it. Yeah. So that's an assumption yeah. of well, the, the DIA approach, but there's yeah. obviously, it's, you know, it's a little more complex than
0: they <laughs> so right. Yeah. But right you know, yeah. Well, this is just a high level. You know, and, you know, there are people out there who, you know, are trauma survivors, and, and those who, you know, also have you know nightmares, recurring kinds of, of nightmares, and and probably a lot more now than maybe six months ago. Um, so, I mean, it's real important to be able to, because it's telling us something that we really should listen to. That's
1: that's right, and that's a really good point because one of the phenomena that has become so talked about since COVID is the whole phenomena of COVID nightmares. So if any of the listeners are saying, wow, I'm having more nightmares in the last six to eight months than I ever did in my entire life, you're in very, very good company because it's been documented that this is part of what people are experiencing all over the world, um, a, a, a an uptick in Scary dreams and yeah. nightmares, even for people who never had them before. So something about the times we're living in is uh, triggering. Uh, I think is well, yeah. what, what you yourself said before that you know of of introspection and needing to face our demons at at multiple levels.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, there there I know a lot of people who have carefully mapped out their life to, you know, to, uh, I mean, allowing for some changes here and there, but, but generally speaking have, you know, had, you know, some of the systems that support our, our way of life um, they kind of were locked in, but when those, those are been taken away, that's, um, that's just a whole different um, ball game, I think for some people. And, and, you know, and like I had said reading in your book you talked uh, talked about how, you know, anxiety um can contribute to um lack of dreams or, or you know um sleeplessness. Um so um yeah, so it's it it's real important. So the, that that Gaia approach is gonna obviously be much more um useful now. So mm. one of the things Let's too actually, one one topic. Oh, sorry, go ahead go ahead no i I was just gonna because i wanted to get a couple more topics and i want to try and squeeze as much as i can (laughs) (laughs) um waking dreams can you um tell us um a a bit about now are, are waking dreams those that you have just before waking up i mean is that the idea or are we talking about like daydreaming kind of waking dreams
1: so, so sort of in between the two. So, okay. daydreaming, called dra- daydreaming, is kind of like, oh, our minds are wandering and they're drifting off, and we're sitting, you know, in a boring lecture or something, and we start thinking about, oh, what am I going to have for dinner, or where am I going to go on vacation, uh-huh. when we, when we could get on a plane right and go on vacation. So those are like daydreams, <laughs> right. like we're fantasizing about something. That's not exactly what I meant by waking dreams. By waking dreams, I'm more talking about the experience of synchronicity, deja vu, intuition, Mm -hmm. the place where when we're wide awake, the numinous or the uncanny meets reality and we notice it. Oh, okay. So a waking dream, pardon me?
0: Yes, I like that. I love those oh,
1: experiences, good. but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll just i give you an example. I think I might have even uh, had it in my book. I was with a, a friend and a colleague at a, at a Dream Conference once, and we were talking about this quote from the Chinese philosopher Lao Tse, where he quotes, he said something like, what if I was a man dreaming that I was a butterfly, or what? if I was a butterfly, dreaming that I was a man, what then? And so we're talking about that quote, and as we're talking, we are walking alongside the marina, and I look off to my left, and on a bush is a great, big monarch butterfly. At Mm. the exact moment, we were talking about dreaming of butterflies. So we get you know, talk about an embodied response. We both got this kind of shiver. You know, that frisson of like, whoa, that's brings us up short for a minute. So when we have those kind of experiences of like, wow, that's a wow. That's what I mean by the waking dream. So what okay. That what you mean by well, the waking
0: dream? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that, that's wonderful. I, you know, I, I just love those experiences when when those kinds of things happen. I just um I always just take a minute to kind of enjoy it <laughs> you know just kind of yeah. could, you know because i've i I've had one of those uh journeys of um you know asking for guidance and saying that i'm getting i'm they're sending it, but I just don't listen so i'm so every time something like that happens to me, it's an example of me listening <laughs> you don't say, oh okay, I get it That's you know exactly you right.
1: yeah. It's- can we listen not only with our outside ears but with our inside ears or our higher ears, our, our, our divine ears, you know? And that's when we're paying attention to the messages from our, our physical body and our emotional body. And when the outside world throws something in front of our face, can we see it as the symbol and the image and the metaphor for what we're looking for? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, boy, Linda, this hour has just flown by. I have thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you and, and for you sharing with us, um, with the listeners. And, and obviously, I enjoyed your book and, and learned a lot from it that I'll be applying. So, um, we, right. we didn't even begin to go into the, the ways that people can. Um, you know ways to learn to, to remember the dreams and dream journals and all that kind of thing but they can get the book and and read about it it's you um, really laid out some uh, a great plan as well as some exercises in there for people so um, very helpful um, now you're on Facebook and and on um, um, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn so I know we're connected exactly. on Facebook so I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you through that Perfect. and um, any, any, any. Maybe last words for listeners. Maybe just, uh, you know, uh, during these times, fill in the blank sure. about dreams.
1: Sure. <laughs> so, if dreams can bring us home to the deepest part of our soul, it can also help our world and help us in healing both ourselves and our planets. So I encourage people to tune in and pay attention to their sleeping dreams and to their waking dreams and to share them because this, this is a beautiful way of connecting with people. So, so find community of other dreamers, share your dreams, and take them to the different layers where you're dreaming not only for yourself but you're offering to share your dreams on behalf of our whole world. And that can be a source of healing for all of us. So dream strong. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Great, thank you, thank you very much for your time, Linda. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking my with you.
1: Thank you, my pleasure, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: You're very welcome. Again, everyone today, my very special guest has been Linda uh, Yaal um, Schiller. <laughs> Excuse me, we've been talking about her uh, new book, Modern Dreamwork: New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. And again, you can find out more about the book by visiting the website, www.moderndreamwork.com. And you can also find out more about Linda, the professional services she offers, as well as the blog, by visiting her website, which is linda lindayalschiller.com. That's Linda, Y-A-E-L-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com. Hi so everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at fightradio.me. And select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.